Hello and welcome to Daily Prayer today for July 20th, 2021. Glad that you are with me today. Let's go ahead and get started. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. The Lord's unfailing love and mercy never cease, fresh as the morning and sure as the sunrise. The Lord be with you, and also with you. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. God of all glory, we give you thanks that through the gift of baptism we have been crucified with Christ and united with him in resurrection. By the power of your Holy Spirit, let our lives proclaim the good news that we are dead to sin and alive to you through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Our readings for today are Psalm 123 and 146, 1 Samuel 25, 1 through 22, Acts 14, 1 through 18, and Mark 4, 4, 21 through 38. Listen for God's word to speak to you. Psalm 123. To you I lift up my eyes, O you who are enthroned in the heavens. As the eyes of servants look to the hand of their master, as the eyes of a maid to the hand of her mistress, so our eyes look to the Lord our God until God has mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us, O Lord, have mercy upon us, for we have had more than enough of contempt. Our soul has had more than its fill of the scorn of those who are at ease, of the contempt of the proud. Psalm 146. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God all my life long. Do not put your trust in princes, in mortals in whom there is no help. When their breath departs, they return to the earth. On that very day, their plans perish. Happy are those whose help is the God of Jacob whose hope is in the Lord their God, who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the strangers. God upholds the orphan and the widow. But the way of the wicked God brings to ruin. The Lord will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations. Praise the Lord. 1 Samuel 25, 1-22 Now Samuel died, and all Israel assembled and mourned for him. They buried him at his home in Ramah. Then David got up and went down to the wilderness of Paran. There was a man in Maon whose property was in Carmel. The man was very rich. He had 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats. He was shearing his sheep in Carmel. Now the name of the man was Nabal and the name of his wife, Abigail. The woman was clever and beautiful, but the man was surly and mean. He was a celibate. David heard in the wilderness that Nabal was shearing his sheep. So David sent ten young men, and David said to the young men, Go up to Carmel, go to Nabal, 
and greet him in my name. Thus you shall salute him. Peace be to you, and peace be to your house, and peace be to all that you have. I hear that you have shears. Now your shepherds have been with us, and we did them no harm, and they missed nothing. All the time they were in Carmel. Ask your young men, and they will tell you. Therefore, let my young men find favor in your sight, for we have come on a feast day. Please give whatever you have at hand to your servants and to your son David. When David's young men came, they said all this to Nimbal in the name of David, and then they waited. But Nabal answered David's servants, Who is David? Who is the son of Jesse? There are many servants today who are breaking away from their masters. Shall I take my bread and my water and the meat that I have butchered for my shears and give it to men who come from I do not know where? So David's young men turned away and came back and told him all this. David said to his men, Every man strap on, your, uh, on his sword. And every one of them strapped on his sword. David also strapped on his sword. And about 400 men went up after David, while 200 remained with the baggage. But one of the young men told Abigail, Nabal's wife, David sent messengers out of the wilderness to salute our master, and he shouted insults at them. Yet the men were very good to us, and we suffered no harm, and we never missed anything when we were in the fields, as long as we were with them. They were a wall to us, both by night and by day, all the while we were with them, keeping the sheep. Now therefore know this, and consider that you, what you should do, for evil has been decided against our master, and against all his house. He is so ill-natured that no one can speak to him. Then Abigail hurried and took two hundred loaves, two skins of wine, five sheep ready-dressed, five measures of parched grain, one hundred clusters of raisins, and two hundred cakes of figs. She loaded them on donkeys and said to her young men, Go on ahead of me, I am coming after you. But she did not tell her husband Nabal. As she rode on the donkey and came down under cover of the mountain, David and his men came down toward her. She met with them. Now David had said, Surely it is in vain that I protected all that this fellow has in the wilderness so that nothing was missed of all that belongs to him. But he has returned me evil for good. God do so to David and more also, if by morning I leave as much as one male of all who belong to him. Acts 14, 1-18 The same thing occurred in Iconium where Paul and Barnabas went into the Jewish synagogue and spoke in such a way with a great number of both Jews and Greeks became believers. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers, so they remained for a long time speaking boldly for the Lord, who testified to the word of his grace by granting signs and wonders to be done through them. But the residents of the city were divided, some sided with the Jews and some with the apostles. And when an attempt was made by both Gentiles and Jews with their rulers to maltreat them and to stone them, the apostles learned of it and fled to Lystra and Darby, cities of Lyconia, and to the surrounding country. And there they continued to proclaiming the good news. In Lystra there was a man sitting who could not use his feet and had never walked, for he had been crippled from birth. He listened to Paul as he was speaking, and Paul looked at him intently, and seeing that he had faith to be healed, said in a loud voice, Stand up, upright on your feet. And the man sprang up and began to walk. 
When the crowds saw what Paul had done, they shouted in Lyconian language, The gods have come down to us in human form. Barnabas they called Zeus, and Paul they called Hermes, because he was the chief speaker. The priest of Zeus, whose temple was just outside the city, brought oxen and garlands to the gates. He and the crowds wanted to offer sacrifice. Well, when the apostle Barnabas and Paul heard of it, they tore their clothes and rushed out to the crowd, shouting, Friends, why are you doing this? We are mortals just like you, and we bring you good news that you should turn from these worthless things to the living God, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. In past generations, we allowed all the nations to follow their own ways. Yet he has not left himself without a witness in doing good, giving you rains from heaven and fruitful seasons, and filling you with food and your hearts with joy. Even with these words, they scarcely restrain the crowd from offering sacrifice to them. Mark 4, 21 through 34. He said to them, Is a lamp brought in to be put under the bushel basket or under the bed, and not on the lampstand? For there is nothing hidden except to be disclosed, nor is anything secret except to come to light. Let anyone with ears to hear listen. And he said to them, Pay attention to what you hear. The measure you give will be the measure you get, and still more will be given you. For to those who have, more will be given, and from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. He also said the kingdom of God is as if someone would scatter seed on the ground and would sleep and rise night and day, and the seeds would sprout and grow. He does not know how. The earth produces of itself first the stalk, then the head, then the full grain in the head. But when the grain is ripe, at once he goes in with his sickle because the harvest has come. He also said, With what can we compare the kingdom of God, or what parable will we use for it? It is like a mustard seed, which when sown upon the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet, when it is sown, it grows up and becomes the greatest of all shrubs and puts forth large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. With many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them except in parables, but he explained everything in private to his disciples. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So our reading for today, we have um, this interaction between David and Nabal. So remember, this is a period of time when Saul and David, things are a little bit more easy between them. Saul has relented for now um, and said that he was actually wrong to pursue David, but David is kind of still staying out, um, kind of out of the limelight, out of the, um, out of Saul's way, just to kind of make sure everything's okay. Well, he still has this army and he needs to take care of them. So he hears that this man named Baal, who has uh, quite a bit of sheep and a great mass of wealth, far more than he could use right now, right? Um, He is having a shearing. Um, And at this time, there would be normally a great feast, which David would know as he was a shepherd growing up. And so David sends an envoy to Nabal and says, 
you know, we know you're having this big feast. We have been out here. We've been actually protecting your shepherds. Uh, we've been making sure that they are safe from, uh, you know, foreign armies or animals or anything like that. And we'd really appreciate anything that you could give. And he just lambasts these, these ambassadors. He says, there's no way I'm going to help you, right? There's lots of people leaving their master. Apparently, he's surly over this situation with Saul. Um, and says, there's no way I'm going to give you a crumb of anything. Go away, right? Before I beat you up. That's kind of the idea, right? So they go away. David does not take too kindly to this. Um, he has been sort of mocked directly to his face. Um, and so he says, all right, we're going to go teach them a lesson. Kind, kind of not a great decision, I think, on David's part, but you know, there, there it is. So this is what he's going to do. He's going to go punish. He's, he says at one point, he, as sure as the Lord lives, he is not going to leave one male in this whole place alive because of this affront that Nabal has given to him. But that's not the end of the story because Nabal is married to this woman, Abigail. Now she is bright and clever. She is, um, you know, intelligent and wise while he is just surly and and oafish right and she does something about it her servants first tell her and say this is what our master nabal did um we don't think that this is going to go well um and they vouch for david they say and this is a really interesting statement that while they were out in the fields they didn't have to worry about anything as long as David's men were there. In fact, they served as a wall for them. Now, we understand that sort of metaphor of a wall, this, this hedge of protection, this, this thing that is a barrier between danger and safety. But for the ancient world, walls were considered sacred. It was the only thing that protected you from all sorts of dangers all sorts of things that you had no idea what was outside the wall. In fact, in many cultures, it was a punishable offense by death to even touch the wall, because to even touch the wall without that permission, you could possibly, you know, harm it in some way. And even that small crack or whatever, um, if that continues on, pretty soon you don't have a wall and you have no protection, you have no security whatsoever. So these shepherds say, these men have been a wall for us. And remember, these men are murderers and debtors and people on the run and people don't, who don't fit in. They have been now made into this righteous wall for these people. Anyways, Abigail takes a bunch of things. She takes sheep and she takes uh, loaves of bread and grain and wine and oil and all sorts of provisions, she goes to meet David. She is going to be this sort of peaceful um, overture to David to make sure that uh, that her husband and all the people are not killed, but also that David is taken care of as a a clear sort of thank you for all of the things that he and his men have done for them. So that's where we end that story, but that's not where this story ends. So we'll see what happens tomorrow. Then we have in Acts, Paul is continuing this sort of um, thing. He's already said, I'm, I'm not going to spend as much time with the Jewish people. I'm going to focus on the Gentiles. But he goes to the next town and he goes to the synagogue and, and 
there continues to be this sort of group of Jewish believers who are going around and, and sort of discounting everything he says. Then he goes to Lystra and Darby, and we have this uh, fairly humorous um, misunderstanding where he goes and he he's proclaiming the gospel to these Gentiles, right? This is kind of the first time that he's doing this very specifically. And he goes and uh, heals a man who is has been crippled from birth. And everybody goes wild. It's an amazing sign and a miracle, just like in every other place, except for instead of where the Jewish people said, oh, look at the great power of God, or look, this must be a prophet. This must be a, maybe even the Messiah, right? These people of Lystra and Darby who, are, who live in a um, polytheistic world, they say, these, these men are the gods who have come down to us. One is Zeus. It's uh, Barnabas, who's sort of jolly, but doesn't say a whole lot. And then um, the other is, I don't remember his name, um, the spokesman for the gods, who is Hermes. Um, because he's Paul, and uh, Paul is Hermes because he just won't shut up, right? And they start worshiping them. And they get the people from the, the temple of Zeus, and they come up, and they're traipsing up there with a, a, a sacrifice of a bull, you know, to make sure that they can sacrifice to these this, uh, incarnations of Zeus and Hermes. And by the time that Paul and Barnabas realize what is going on, and they stop everything, and they say, no, 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 you misunderstand. We're just human beings. This power does not come from your gods. It comes from the living God the God of the Hebrew people who has sent Jesus, right? They're, they, they're doing this damage control. And in the end, it is a hair's breadth away from having this bull sacrificed to them as Roman gods. Um, <laughs> it's a great reminder that things don't always work out the way that we're expecting, right? This is not necessarily something that, you know, God is, by the Holy Spirit, is working this all out. It's just misunderstandings happen sometimes, and things are messy sometimes. A good reminder that sometimes we mess up, right? Sometimes we try to proclaim the gospel, and we say dumb things. Sometimes things don't work out quite as well as we were hoping. God is still at work. And in fact, God can work in our mistakes and our mess-ups, as well as our good things. And maybe it's a little bit of a reminder that it's not up to us. God is at work. Um, And even when we mess up, God can still bring good out of it. I'll be preaching on this on Sunday, so I'll have some more thoughts about that. But right now, let's go ahead and join together in prayer. Satisfy us with your love in the morning, and we will live this day in joy and praise. Mighty God of mercy, we thank you for the resurrection dawn bringing the glory of our risen Lord makes every day new. Especially we thank you for the mission and ministry of the church. Every service that proclaims your love. the people and relationships that sustain us.
our calling to daily discipleship. Signs of new life and hope. People of God, for what else do we give thanks? We give thanks for the rain, for the joy of God, for our call to do God's work even when we don't do it as well as we could. Merciful God of might, renew this weary world, heal the hurts of all your children, and bring about your peace for all in Christ Jesus, the living Lord. Especially we pray for the church of Jesus Christ in every land. The stewardship and healing of creation. Friends and family members. Neighbors in special need. All who serve your mission in the world. People of God, for what else do we pray? We pray for Kathy, a friend of Jan Ann's, who has a broken tibia and continues to need nursing care. For Margaret, who is going to be going on IV antibiotics for an infection in her jawbone. For Robin, a friend of the Garlands and the Wises, who is recovering from a serious stroke. For Brad, a friend of the Wises, recovering from brain surgery. Prayers also for his wife, Ashley, and son, Anthony. For Sophia, who is interviewing and applying for jobs. Prayers for wisdom and guidance and discernment. Pray for Mike, a friend of Cheryl's, who's been diagnosed with stage 4 cancer. For a friend of Amy's, Fran, who has sudden hearing loss in one ear. And another friend of Amy's, Rena, who has breast cancer. As well as for her two young children. We continue to pray for Debbie, who is recovering from hip replacement surgery. Eternal God, our beginning and our end, be our starting point in our haven and accompany us in this day's journey. Use our hands to do your creation and use our lives to bring others the new life you give this world in Jesus Christ, Redeemer of all. Amen. Now let us continue to pray using the words that Christ taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen.
Now the grace of God be with us all, now and always. Amen. Bless the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Thank you so much for joining me today for daily prayer. Join me tomorrow for some more. Like this video, share with someone else, click on the subscription and the notification button, as well as going to our website, johncalvinchurch.org. Our liturgy today came from the Book of Common Worship of the Presbyterian Church USA 2018 edition, and our readings came from the New Revised Standard Version. Thank you so much for joining me. Have a very blessed day, and we'll see you next time.